a bear and a dyke. Discuss what they like. This is why I'm gay. Hey, Kelly. Hi, Kim. I'm so glad we're here. You know what? I am too. It's been quite an afternoon. A journey, a trial, a tribulation. There may or may not be some silly pre-show stuff that you just heard, but I don't even know what there's going to be because it's been a shit show so far and only natural. Yes. For us. I feel like this is only part of the journey. Yeah. And we're moving right along because you know what? This is why I'm gay. This is why I'm gay. This is why I'm gay. The show that talks about our roots, our boots, and our scoots. (laughs) here with Kim and Kelly. We give you all the important stuff that you need to know as a queer babe. We talk about the media that infiltrates our mind and makes us think things when we're in middle school. We talk about our hyperfixations and more. And guess what? For the first time ever on This Is Why I'm Gay, we have a guest in the house. Hell yeah, baby. Super stoked. Kelly put on the shades for this. He wanted to feel super fancy in the studio. My eyes are feeling a little sensitive. But you know what? I also wanted to just be really cool as we introduced our lovely and wonderful, talented (sighs) guest. An iconic guest that I could no more speak a thousand lovely words to than give a kiss on the lips. We have in the studio today (laughs) our most beautiful (laughs) friend, my partner, my love. She's gorgeous. She's smart. She can play instruments. My girlfriend, my partner, my lady, Angel's here. Hey, Angel. Hi, Kim. Hi, Kelly. Hi. My gosh. We're officially a trio in the stew today. I'm super pumped. stew. (laughs) I am truly honored to be the first guest on this podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm so honored that you're here, Angel. Like I, I We needed a big one for the, for the, you know, for the first. A big old mermaid at the bottom needs a other another big old mermaid (laughs) (laughs) two big mermaids and we are here to talk about you guessed it all of our gay roots the media that made us feel something when we were little and even some obsessions i mean we're gonna do it bigger than better than ever and we're gonna talk about your specific origin story angel so why don't we start off just to to kind of wade into the pool a little bit and just tell us about you a little bit. Just give us a little background. Okay. I am Angel. Yes. Hi. I am a lesbian. Ooh. Dating Kim. I thought you were an American. (laughs) I thought you were an American. (laughs) I thought you were American. How to wrap up my myself in in one statement. Undoable, but just try your best. Okay. I'm an Aquarius. Cancer Moon. Aquarius Sun. Cancer Moon Capricorn Rising. I was getting horny over there. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I was raised by a Capricorn woman, so I learned how to work very hard and I get obsessed with my jobs. Yep. I like to pick up crafts a lot. I'm right now learning a few things. Uh, I don't know myself. (laughs) (laughs) No, but we share so much in common with stuff that we like to listen to, like to watch. And I feel like I've grown in my genres of music specifically. Just being with you, you have so many beautiful aspects of your music taste and i love that about you thank you i like i like to explore lots of different music i feel Mm -hmm. like i listen to a very wide variety of genres i love country music i grew up in a family that loves country music and i think that also has led to certain parts of my queerness as well and coming to terms with my queerness also yeah so tell us a little bit more about kind of 
your queer origin story, say, like, what were your first memories of, you know, maybe you weren't that little straight southern gal from the coast? Like, <laughs> what what kind of jumped out at you? Okay, if we're going, like, baseline early life, I definitely was always very much a tomboy, okay. never really wanted to be super feminine, always wanted to play sports, be outside, running around, never really resonated with a lot of the women in my family. Mm. I feel like my family pushed a lot of heteronormative ideals onto me. I was raised in the idea of like playing into that misogyny and being like the perfect woman, the perfect wife and growing up to be a polite young woman who is like manicured. And I think that also has led to some of my roughness that I have now. Like it's built a little grit in me. I think you have a very specific type of femininity within you, too. Yeah. But I feel like that's probably built upon you being like, I'm going to do it my way. Exactly. And I yeah. love that. I think I've come into those things a lot more in the last few years as well. Growing up, I was always very self-conscious because of those ideals being pushed on me so harshly, like being told that if I wasn't, you know, waxing my body or getting manicures constantly, that I wasn't going to be accepted by my peers was definitely something that was deeply ingrained in me and something that I call complete fucking bullshit on <laughs> right. at this point in my life. Moving forward later on in my life, middle school, had my first girlfriend. She lived across the street from me. How old I was kind of, I was 12, 13, like seventh grade. All right. She lived across the street from me. And it didn't start as us strictly being girlfriends. It started as having a mutual boyfriend. Oh, wait. A little threesome moment um, <laughs> in seventh grade. While I was just picking my nose and my ass. Not even close. <laughs> Playing the flute. <laughs> Unfortunately enough, yes. But also always treating it as like something that was very much a secret and conditional. Right. Not that it was a general attraction to women, but just this person. It was also convenient. She literally lived right across the street from me. Turns out my mom knew the entire time. Wow. Of yeah. course. She recently told me that. How did she find out? Moms, no. Y'all just act gay. I mean, no. <laughs> I was kissing the girl who lives across the street. Right. So <laughs> you can't get too far. <laughs> when your mom called you out, you said, And I, oh! <laughs> <laughs> they said, Yes, I... They got me, gal! <laughs> <laughs> she also now has children and is in a straight relationship, so I don't know cool. where her life... What happened there, but... Yeah. Middle school, liked girls. Didn't say I liked girls, but I kissed girls. High school had one boyfriend, was terrified to see his penis. Anytime we started making <laughs> out, I immediately had plans that I forgot about. <laughs> yes. Never saw it, was so scared, never got close with him. I think we dated for like six months. And then post high school, it was also like lots of not feeling really attracted to anyone because I was so confused. Like at, there was a point where I was just like, I'm just not going to care about any of that stuff and do my own thing and that's exactly what i told you at the start of the show like that's exactly yeah. where i was at because i was thinking the same like why am i not attracted to guys so maybe i should just like not think about it right now yeah totally yeah just a weird confusing time for sure um i have a specific question that i don't think i know the answer to i want to know how the two of you met and realized that y'all were like hey I like you. Oh, well, the realization came way later than the oh, meeting. Oh, my gosh. This story is touchy, but we'll I'll talk tell about it. Okay. 
<laughs> so give me the mic. <laughs> uh, what was it? Twenty fifteen? Yeah. Damn. November two thousand fifteen. Oh my god. Um. Wow. So that was the first year you were in, or you were a sophomore that year. I was a sophomore, yeah. So twenty fifteen, I came to Richmond for a concert, and my childhood friend Morgan was going to VCU at the time. And I was visiting, and I asked to stay with her um, in her dorm while I went to this show. I was on acid. As I you went should to be. This show. What show I, was it? It was a like jam band. Papadocio is their name. Literally, they're <laughs> telling you to take pop a dose at their show. Oh, uh, pop wow. a do- Papadocio. Is that really it? I never yeah. thought of that. Oh, so two tabs of acid. Went to the show. Two. Had a, yeah. Went to the show. Had a great time. Met Kim later on, like after the come down, like um, four a.m. Yeah, it was, I was super late. You came. Um, was this Kim's brew through phase? No, it was after. What brew through phase? I don't know. I feel like you would wear like, uh, you know, like those like crab shack shirts. Or I something. still wear that today. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know, but I feel like there there's a certain level of like tongue in cheek irony. You my know? hippie phase. Yes, your hippie phase. I was growing out of that. I was getting into my grunge phase at yeah, that point. Yeah, so it, you were definitely entering your grunge phase. I, I think you were wearing like leggings, baseball tee, flannel oh. under a jean jacket with docks on and I was immediately was like I can't ah, even see that on uh, you. Really? I was like a dyke in the wild, who is this? <laughs> yeah, I, I I've definitely gone to like every facet of lesbian garb at this point, except for like hyper femme, but that was I couldn't even do that in high school. You'll get there one day. Maybe. I don't think I will <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we we met and she instantly fell for me. I mean, look at me. It was your voice caught me at first. Oh, my voice, my famous voice. It says hello. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just remember you being like a carefree personality, and you were there, and you were yourself, and I respected that, and I was into it. Didn't come back to Richmond for like a few months until my birthday, and I (laughs) visited, and I was like asking my friend Morgan about Kim, like what's what's Kim do? We both assumed that Kim was like the sluttiest lesbian in Richmond. We were like, she's got bitches. Like, Which in Kim reality. Kim pulls hose. <laughs> Kim pulls hose. In reality, I was a virgin from any sex, just so you know, never even touched anything before at that point. So I guess I was really playing up the, the swagger over here. A hot slut action. Hot <laughs> slut, exactly. <laughs> But nothing really happened from then, and then you moved here, and your crush grew and grew, and I feel like I was just in a space of, I've never been with anyone, I don't know what my feelings are quite yet, I'm still, like, not understanding how sex works, like, if I have sex with someone, will I fall in love, like, I didn't really get any of that, so I kind of, like, didn't want to advance with, like, my friend Morgan's friend, because at the time, I kind of had a crush on Morgan, it was a whole triangle, which is... Very telling for a queer love story. Right, exactly. And so what, a year and a half goes by and we make out at your birthday celebration at Godfrey's. That wasn't even, that was like passing moment. That was, you just kissed me for my birthday. Oh, on well, stage at Godfrey's. Okay, well then never mind. Was I, thought more? Was, I don't know. I was drunk. <laughs> I don't remember. Um, but then we randomly, okay, Kelly, you'll love this. We were all hanging out in my apartment at the time and we like started touching each other's hand while we were all sitting next to each other. <sighs> And then later in the night when everyone 
went to bed because everyone used to sleep in my bed, like m- four people in my bed every night. It would all pile in. Which is probably why my mattress like completely fell apart after three years. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> but I remember us both waking up in the middle of the night and just starting to make out. Like we just started making out from just waking out of sleep. And then I remember we were like, we should stop. There's people around. And then I woke up the next morning and acted like it didn't happen because I was embarrassed and nervous and... Then nothing else happened for like what six months. Damn, it was like a year and a half a, that this was going on. A slow burn. Slow burn. Yes. Yeah, I mean we remained really good friends like throughout the the whole time. Like there was never a point. I made we sh- good friends. I always made sure though to like keep distance because I was always just thinking like I don't want to lead her on. I don't want to well, yeah. do all of that. I was, I was also playing my like meek lesbian like shy lesbian never really going for anyone like yes being like oh i can't make a move but why isn't she picking up what i'm putting down and the reality was i didn't know what the hell was going on period with anyone i didn't know (laughs) when people were flirting with me looking at me i I was i was texting you do you need a ride from work like here i'll buy you uh bodilla's quesadilla do you want it well i was trying to cater to you (laughs) and i was just like my affection okay thanks Just like taking it all with nothing behind it. I was like, yes, please drive me home. I need a ride. But anyways, eventually, one faithful day, Angel just finished up working at a horrible chain that we won't name and Jimmy John's and (laughs) ham water. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yes. Shout out to the ham water. Anyways, it was Angel's uh, surprise end of Jimmy John's party that we threw for her at her apartment. I was invited, and I remember earlier that day, our friend Morgan met up with me at the bar, and we were, she was talking to me, and she was like, so I just want to know, like, why did you never, you know, now that you've had, because this was, okay, so the timeline was, I had sex with someone at the beginning of February, then at the end of February, I was, I had sex with, I had already sex with three other people, okay, just random hoeing around, okay? Okay. So I was like, oh, sex isn't about, like, love all the time, I can just have sex, so I was doing that, and I was trying to be, you know, putting myself out there. And Morgan was like, okay, so you've, now that you finally have sex, what do you think about Angel? Because I know that was what was holding you back and other things. And I was like, oh, well, maybe I'll try it out. And I was just like, oh, we can, like, hook up. Why not? And I used her attraction to me, which is fucked up. I know. You guys, it's fucked up. I'm admitting it. What can I say? And you can finish the story if you want. Oh. <laughs> it was my roommate's head thrown this surprise party for my end of corporate hell and kim was at my house and we were just being flirty and later on the night most of the people had left and it was kim and i left at the table in the kitchen and we're playing footsies we were playing footsies and i i instead of asking her i texted her hey i'm gonna take a shower do you want to join me nice yeah so that (laughs) happened and i remember specifically we Morgan and I think a couple of our other friends was like, we're going to leave. Are you staying? Like in front of everyone. And we were like, yeah, I'm staying. And she's like, okay, goodbye. (laughs) It was just like so silly. And then we went to the shower. And I remember being so talkative. I was like, this is so weird that we're like doing this right now. And she was like, just shut up and kiss me. And the rest is history. Good for you, Angel. And then we, we we both were like, like we were hooking up for like, week and a half or something and like we both were like okay i need to talk to you and it was a conversation of us both being like i just want you to know i don't want anything from this this is just like friends Mm, having fun right and then we were inseparable for like a month and then kim asked me 
to be her girlfriend. Yeah. Will here we are. Will you be my GF? Check yes, Normie. <laughs> so I was, I, we were in bed and it was like midnight or something and I looked at her and I was like, I want to be with you. <laughs> and I said, I want to be with you too, Kim. And then we hugged and then we fell asleep and then we were girlfriends. Did you cry? I'm sure I cried. I don't know. Probably. I always cry. I mean, you just saw me cry over audio equipment, so there's no <laughs> yeah, question what I will cry about. about that. that never happened anyways. But yeah, the rest is history. We've been together for over four years now. Four and a third. Damn. Something that I think is interesting that you both brought up is that like you had this much later in age like discovery yes. phase. I don't understand it. Therefore, I'm shutting it down for you know for the foreseeable future. Yes. Until you were like, uh, all right, this is more on track with what I need. Yes. Um, that's pretty cool. Do you think that's like a? Do you think that's specifically? Do you think that's a lesbian thing? I don't know. I mean, I think that it definitely just had to do with me not having the representation around me to like explain what I was feeling. And I definitely didn't seek it out because I was just kind of like an oblivious kid. Like I just kind of did what was put in front of me or like followed. Like I didn't really explore the internet that much. I just kind of watched what was happening around me and there was no queerness around me. So I just like didn't get it. And I remember specifically, I told you this already, I would like be in my head thinking, I'm gay. No, I'm not. Fuck you. You're not gay. Like I would just say that in my head over and over again. (laughs) Like, hmm, I wonder where it came from. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it is a lesbian thing. I mean, maybe because we don't see as much sexualization with lesbians in media, Mm. period. That's something that I was going to point out is that I was I recently was talking to Kim about how I feel like more and more women are coming out as being attracted to women. Mm. And I think also with like between gay men and lesbian women, I think that when a guy is gay, it's like they come out and it's like, oh, you like guys like it's pretty. And I'm just speaking on just this one instance of how dare you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm making assumptions, but I feel like because there's so much normal sexualization of women in media generally and it's a taboo thing for a woman to be attracted to another woman in like a misogynistic society that we live in yes it's only for the appeal of men in media exactly and so i think it's more confusing going into it coming to realization as a woman who loves women to be like is this just because of what i've been exposed to or actually how i feel yes interesting yeah Yes. Or just I'm curious about the influence of like sexual sexualization of women in media and lesbianism in like queer youth. Hmm. Very complicated conversation and we are not going to get into it. <laughs> I, I'm liking where this is going oh to my be. God. You guys. No, I mean, I think that I think it's just as simple as women being in love with like doing anything with another woman is just uh, a show rather than it being love and then when a man is with a man it's a sin like that's the mindset i feel like most straight people follow like ignorant straight people if that's if i can go that far does that make sense i mean i mean it makes sense it 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 just follows that idea of like everything is built for the concept to be enjoyed by straight men like if it if yes. it doesn't appeal to the modern man, um, <laughs> then it's it's therefore wrong. All for the male gaze. Yeah, but Ew. not the male gaze. No. Yeah. Not the male gaze. Yes. Have you seen that clip of Kate Blanchett not realizing that they were saying the male gaze 
and not uh, the male gaze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like, just. oh, I'm sorry, I thought gaze. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is why I'm gay. All right, so for this week's weekly obsessions, I'll go first because I had an emotional breakdown to this song and I need to talk about it, okay? <laughs> okay. So have you guys heard of Aurora? Yes. N- no. Aurora, the girl I- that did the voice for Frozen, Frozen 2. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> oh. Okay. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. So she has like her own music, of course. She's, I believe she's Swedish, or I want to say maybe Norwegian. I, you know me in Norway. 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 <laughs> um, she is like a little sprite fairy queen. She's so like ethereal. She reminds me of my friend Rachel Lustig a lot. And kind of Maeve, like just, oh. just a sweet, free queen. Okay. Okay. Her music is so beautiful and her voice is just so clear. And there's this one song that I've been listening to like nonstop. It's, it's been really in my brain and it's just, it's, I don't really know what to explain. It's called a different kind of human, and it's supposed to represent, like, the others in the world and how we're all unique and we deserve a place on this planet, okay? Gay. A different kind of human. <laughs> I know, a different kind of human, right? Yeah, uh... But it's just, like, beautiful, and I'm a triple water sign, so when I hear, like, ethereal and beautiful music, I just cry. Yeah, so mean. that's really it. I mean, I don't really know what else to say. You should go listen to her music. I love her. And she just likes to walk around in the forest and make music and do little harmonies. And that's fucking cute. I mean, I'm invested. I mean, you sold me at Frozen 2. So. I'll play it for you because it's some of the some of the lines. She's like, we have come here for you and we're coming in peace. Mothership will take you home higher, higher. All right. <laughs> basically calling us aliens but i'm guessing she's referring to you know like the othered of the world right i don't know she talks a lot about like climate change she's very aware okay i feel smarter when i listen to her it's not a kiss me kiss me (laughs) infect me with your buzz and the lane yeah no not that um she is uh, smarter than I think I will ever be, and I hope to meet her one day. And that's all. I, that's all I'm going to say about that. What about you, Kelly? What's your weekly obsession? So I, I was really drawing a blank. I think I've got some really boring ones this week. No, say what you were going to uh, say. No, just no, no, now. no, no, no. I am. Okay, good. I'm getting there. Damn it. Um, <laughs> Angel and I have been sitting here while I've been furiously figuring out how <laughs> yeah, to deal with this audio, to, trying to figure out the uh, the logistics of our audio, and we were talking about the. American, the definitively American dining, but uh, <laughs> self-identified Southwestern restaurant. Yes. Chili's. Hi, welcome to Chili's. I feel like I need your help with this one, Angel, okay. to describe the, the majesty and mystique that is Chili's. I can help you too because I'm right there with you. We're going to eat there after this recording. <laughs> yeah. So Please. can we go? Is it open? <laughs> it has to be. Okay. We're, are we going to the one on then, campus? Th- I was going to... Fuck no. Okay. Um, <laughs> Talk so, to me. So we had... Um, I feel like every middle-class American has a specific relationship with mid-level American dining. Because Absolutely. Wh- while our generation does not adhere to it, does not really want to go to it, unless it's like as like a fun little, to, with nostalgia, like a wink and a nudge, it, it's just, how, how do you describe it? Like, how do you... <laughs> it's a staple. It's like, 
you can go and get so many different things at one table. Every person that comes into Chili's can find something that will satisfy them on the menu. You were you're describing the ranch as um, watery. Watery, but it's flavorful. So much buttermilk. What is your go-to meal? If you're if you could get everything you wanted in one meal, what would you get? So, at Chili's or yeah. at Chili's? I mean, because you know, chips there's and like, salsa. Yes, the endless chips and salsa. I always, always get, have never not gotten honey chipotle chicken crispers. Done, same. With the corn on the cob. And I think the other side is fries. It's been a long time, but I think, I think the other side the is fries. Yes. All I care about is that extra peppery corn on the cob. If you guys are okay with going, it closes in an hour and 40 minutes. So. Oh, no, that's plenty. We got this. I know my order already. That's so. true. <laughs> We're going to um, walk in, sit down. <laughs> Put the menus at the edge side. We're ready to order. Thank you very much. They're gonna, we're going to be the best customers they've had all day. Yeah. I wow. love being I love being the best customer. Um, I know you When you do. pre-bust take, the table? Yes. When you pre-bust the table? Yes. I mean, when you're a server or you even work anywhere in the kitchen, you know that you want to make their lives easier because you know that 50 old Karens have yelled at them already today. Yeah. There's no question they've been yelled at every single shift they've had this week. So we have to be good to them. Yeah. I also want to talk about how... I want to talk about how ubiquitous, like, the, <laughs> how my, my favorite thing at any restaurant that has a burger is the same fucking burger everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. And it's just, like, it's tried and true. It's not trying to hurt anybody. It's solid. Yep. And I think some places call it the rodeo burger. Yeah, you got the rodeo burger. You got the smokehouse burger. Yes. You got the, the southwestern Burger, all so, American burger. It's, uh, no, no, it's not that's, an all American. It's not all American. We're talking about like a like a like a a, a barbecue Tex Mex kind of something. Okay, right? what 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 do you think is on this burger? When I say Southwestern, I hear barbecue sauce. I hear sautéed onions. Okay. I hear mushrooms. Sometimes maybe a chipotle sauce, maybe okay. an onion ring. Okay, lots yeah. of condiments. So y'all are right on the money. But I think my perfect build of this is cheddar. Yes. Barbecue, Check. little bit of mayo, Ooh. onion ring, yep, bacon, mm-hmm. bacon, pickles, pickles, duh, and then uh, the bun preferably is like toasted, like, and you can like pick up the bun and like see it on the bottom, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, it's it's like a little brown and crispy. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, that is that is the burger at Chili's. That is the burger at Cookout. That is the burger. <laughs> that's the burger you take home to mom. You got and dad. a burger. That's the one you're getting. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the the tried and true. Yeah, and it's good. Yeah, that was. That was, I, <laughs> was that my me- weekly obsession? I'm, I guess. Yeah. You know what? Some sometimes you're going to hear a weekly obsession from us that is just an evergreen, continual obsession that ebbs and flows. And you know what? Uh, we can't apologize for that. My weekly obsession is I am not ashamed to say that I will eat mid-level American dining food and I'll have a good time. Fuck yeah. And like I'm not even I'm not there to laugh at anybody. I'm not there to like make a make a fucking joke about it. I'm there to say, you know what? I will have that blue margarita and I will have that <laughs> smokehouse burger that I have literally had in 20 other restaurants. And there's always there's always a skillet cookie. Oh my, oh my god. god. Hold up. That's what I was going to ask you about earlier. Hold up. Hold up. Um, okay. There's always one. The best dessert at any juncture is a hot cold combo for me. Yes. You got it. All a mode, bitch. I want, I want that fucking cookie on a skillet frying and sizzling away. Ooey gooey. Yeah. And then I want some ice cream that is immediately already like dissipating into nothing Ooling. as they are bringing it to the table. Like... <laughs> Carrie is going to burn herself (laughs) 
on this fucking yes. skillet. Yes, literally. <laughs> never never a dull moment at the Chili's. I'm excited now. You guys got me amped up. Let's get out of here. Let's yeah, not you... even finish this shit. Look at our us three fat asses. Yeah. Ended up Hot talking lava about cakes. food. Yeah. I mean, oh, the lava cake. Yeah, you got There are a the lot caramel. of hot cold options, mama. Oh, hell. Oh, my God. Okay, Angel, let's get yeah. to your weekly obsession before we salivate to death. My um, God. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say my weekly obsession has been crochet. Yes. I recently picked it up. Um, How gay is that? It's pretty gay. I've tried to <laughs> learn a lot of different crafts, and Kim has actually gotten me into it a lot more. I never was really crafty as a kid. I, I loved to draw when I was younger, mm-hmm. and I took art classes in school, but I never took the craft route. Yes. And Kim got me into cross-stitching and embroidery, and I've done quite a few projects with those. And I wanted to learn something that could be a more approachable medium for like gifts and such yeah um and i think crochet is something that could be that i'm currently making a blanket for a friend's baby um and i made it way too big but (laughs) we're doing it i said when this baby is four it's my first big project and you know on your first big project you make mistakes and that's how you learn it looks so good though it's not there's no mistakes you're doing amazing, sweetie. I know. I just made it bigger than expected. You're doing amazing, sweetie. Uh, I just want to say, not to be super intellectual and dumb at the same time. Do it. But I think that crafts, like crafts as like a hobby, as a skill, as an art, are so under-fucking-valued. Yes. And there is a specific reason why. Because they are seen as functional. Yep. Because they are seen as women's work yep and because they are often they're not displayed i mean they are more recently now but like think about it like you make a rug or something it goes on the ground and you step on it right like how many of y'all out there have a blanket that your grandmother crocheted that's been just thrown around like for years and years i have two shat upon exactly pissed on thrown up the dog chewed up peed on probably spent at least 100 hours on making that. Oh, like yeah. A piece of art. We yeah. used a crocheted blanket that our my mom made as, like, the throw for our sofa for a few months. <laughs> like, but Sorry, that's, Patty. No, but that's the thing. It, it's meant to be used, used yeah. but also, it again, like you said, there's that craft, and it is very much underappreciated. And if anyone tried it that talked shit, they couldn't do it. It's hard. It takes skill and tedious work like do you know how many hours it took me to do your freaking stocking those cross stitches are beautiful for anybody who is wondering kim is an excellent cross stitcher it blows my damn mind that that snowman was shaded beautifully uh, well i will say i'm not going to take all the credit because i of course was following a pattern but it's it's like math i don't know i have adhd and i can't focus on most things for long periods of time like most things minutes top if i'm not fully invested i was unemployed for like a good month back in 2018 and i spent close to eight hours almost every single day just cross-stitching because I, I loved it. Like, I would just play movies in the background, and it, I, the whole day would go by. And I loved every – like, it wasn't like I was trying to get it over with. Yeah. It's so beautiful. The craftsmanship, like, you don't let any errors 
pass. Yes, you I, I make sure it's absolutely perfect, which which can be definitely a detriment because it takes me longer. But I can't just let it happen. I need to fix it. Like I will literally point my stitch a certain way so it looks right. How crazy! <laughs> I is started that? doing that too. Just because it I looks way better. <laughs> it does. Oh. It is why I stopped because... And crochet is good because you can kind of like not... It's not as precise, precise because it's... I mean, it is, but do you know what I mean? It's not like yeah. a flat surface. Like it's a piece of... Fa- it's becoming a piece of fabric. So and it's moving. With, with the different yarns, like there's different textures. So it can easily pass as like, oh, it's just a different section of <laughs> right. the yarn. You know? like so I, missed, I missed of I goofed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had to stop doing cross stitch because I was so obsessed with making sure it was perfect that I I don't think I've ever actually completed a cross stitch Mm. because I then get intimidated by the work ahead of me because I've spent so long obsessing over the beginning hour or two. Well, that's funny because I I had never finished one before that peacock one that I was working on. And I always felt the same way. I was like, what is not work? Like, what's not? connecting here and then I just was I had the time and I was like oh no I'm I I just had to get in my groove and I did it so pick up a craft it's so fulfilling and fun if you ever just like feel yourself scrolling and you need something to do with your afternoon and you don't have anything to do it's such a fun little thing that's just for you you know I recommend crochet it's a lot of like muscle memory and there is some counting in there but yeah like it's it's pretty mindless once you learn how to do it initially. And then they're going to be so excited when they get their little blanket. I sure hope so. Of course. I know they will. I just, I want it to be perfect <laughs> yet again. Um, what would you say is like your your proudest moment within like the realm of crafts? Oh my goodness. Um, let's see. I, I think your blanket's pretty up there right now. I mean, that thing is the, beautiful the, already. The blanket is coming together. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I made a... I embroidered a little radish for a going away gift for a friend of mine that I had worked with and she was leaving the company that we both worked for and I made this little radish and I just actually went to her birthday party this past weekend and it was hanging up in her bathroom. Um, I think that's like I was I also was commissioned for the first time last last year for a project by another friend. So I think being asked to be to make a commission and seeing my work in my friend's like house yeah is a big moment for me cuz i've never seen myself as an artist like i've always been someone who has been obsessed with art and respect people who make art a lot but never saw myself in that light and i think seeing that other people see that is really validating yeah. aww we're getting so sentimental here on the pod you guys <laughs> cancers all around right now on the table I know. I still can't believe that you're a Cancer Moon. Moon. Me yeah. too. I know you're both Cancer Moons. OMG. With the moon in Cancer. Anyways, back to me. So my proudest <laughs> uh, craft moment, if you want to know. I know no one asked me, but um, <laughs> my proudest craft moment is definitely the stocking that I made, Angel. It's just like it's a thing now, and you can, I can fill it with little gifts every year and you can have it for the rest of your life and I just I love it it's it's and my that's favorite. exactly why you made it for me you were like you don't have a stocking that you've had your entire life I'm making you one well see the whole thing it all started from my grandma my grandma did needlepoint okay I've been like thinking about my grandma so much recently all the synchronicities between us it's really interesting but she used to needlepoint the detailed like floral 
base for all of her chairs in her church congregation. You know how like you yeah. walk in and you see those like intricate sewn um, stuffed wooden chairs? Yeah. She like created all of the artwork for all of them. And how, like the and how much time? Over a couple of years, she she like worked on each one like for a month or two. Yeah, so she would have like the the eight cloth, which is like the fabric that you put the cross stitch onto, and then they would sew it, you know, like upholster it into the chair. Damn, how cool is that? And that's the church. They didn't pay her ass for any of that work. Oh, I mean, she loved it. She was obsessed. She she had like bags and bags of shit, and she never actually directly taught me. It was more like I watched her do it, and then I wanted to start doing it. Um, once I didn't see her as often, I, it was kind of like a way for me to think about her. And now that she's gone, like, it's just kind of like my remembrance to her. So I just noticed you are wearing a shirt that I embroidered for you. <gasps> Damn. Oh my God, you guys full circle. And it uh, looks so amazing, right? Uh, it looks great. Oh, be quiet. Tying back to like the, like the realm the of Chili's? women. And, yes. Please. <laughs> We're running out of time. I, I keep Chili's. saying the neighborhood grill. And then I'm like, that's Applebee's. Um, I've never been to a fucking Applebee's and I'll never go. Traitor. Ew, no. Chili's is top tier American food. Ne- it's never. literally re- Mexican food, but made by white people. What? Chili's. Oh, well, yeah, but it's better than our, what is it, Ruby You're Tuesday? You're going to say Arby's? <laughs> we no, have it's... the meats. No. Arby's is the most white restaurant in the world. Um, it's disgusting. It, looks it like, tastes like vomit. They look me. like pussy lips. Oh, and Cena. <laughs> 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 I want that as a sound bite. <laughs> This is why I'm gay. Gay roots. Gay roots. Gay roots. Wait, it's like, <laughs> we are the comedy queens. We are the comedy queens. <laughs> gay roots. Gay roots. Gay roots. Gay roots. No, you go, gay roots. Gay roots. Gay roots. This is mail time. <gasps> it is mail. I didn't even realize it. Mail time. Mail time. Okay, so we are talking about gay roots, Angel. We've talked about our gay roots, and that's what the show's all about. I want to know what some of your gay roots are. Go. Lay it on me. Lady. My biggest, probably my biggest gay root is uh, Mariska Hargitay in uh, <gasps> Law & Order Special Victims Unit. I can screw you harder. Oh, my God. Uh, all Olivia the leather Benson. jackets. <laughs> I season three season specifically three is everything. The short hair, the short hair, it, like the almost pixie cut, the, like tank everything. tops, the tank tops and the thick belts and, yes, the, and the bell and the bottoms, low, the low rise jeans. Oh my goodness, big gay root for me. Big old dyke. Who else? Um, Shania Twain. Let's go, girls. Okay. Like early two thousands, Shania Twain. Looks um, like we made it, Shania Twain. Yes, exactly. Like um, Missy from Bring It On. Standing back handspring back tuck, okay? The first Bring It On, she is like the super dykey character that's like punk. With like the braids. Yeah, and she's really good at <laughs> gymnastics and she's trying to show these like prissy cheerleaders what the hell is up. Yeah. Haley Williams from Paramore. All I wanted was you! <laughs> Big gay root. I've seen them live twice and I it was everything. Uh, Wait, who opened for them that one time that you they, were? They opened for No Doubt. And No Doubt had just had, I think, twins or she had just had a baby or twins. No Doubt the band woman, had no twins. <laughs> and Gwen Stefani. Yes. Gwen Stefani. <laughs> she was doing one-armed push-ups while singing. Are you fucking Gwen kidding? Gwen Stefani, yes. Right after having a child. She is a monster. <laughs> what? 
That's incredible. Like she's like what, like seventy two now? Just had a she's baby. She's not seventy two. I know, but like she's <laughs> okay. like her, she's like literally in her fifties or something. You and scared like scared me. I said not seventy two. Oh my god. <laughs> Our divas are getting old, Kim. She don't get me started. Taylor Momsen. You make me wanna die. Any gossip girl fans out there might know who she is. Uh, formerly she- Cindy Lou Who. Formerly Cindy Lou Who. She played yeah. Jenny in Gossip Girl. I was not crushing on her in Gossip Girl. She had a later on punk music phase where she made music and I was so obsessed sexy. with that. So sexy. I loved the dark, it. The eye the dark eye look. The dark eye look, the like extensions with the choppy layers up top. Very of the time. Leather, yeah, very of the time. She said, I'm not your good girl anymore. Exactly. Somebody what is it? Somebody mixed my medicine. Oh. She had a song that was called <laughs> Somebody Mixed My Medicine. I didn't know that. She said, Where are you, Christmas? The Beautiful <laughs> Liar music video. Shakira and Beyonce. Yep. Shakira, Shakira. Uh, in the realm of singers, Sierra is a huge gay root for me. <laughs> Yep. What was the music video? Ride. <laughs> I used to watch that music video way too much and just find myself like, why do I feel this way? Why is my why is my why are my pants thumping? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why is my crotch thumping? <laughs> why is my crotch thumping exactly? <laughs> and pussycat dolls. I hate this part right here. Not any of the extras, just Nicole. Yeah. Sorry, Nicole. It's, it's Nicole. It's Nicole and the girls. It's, yeah. <laughs> I want them to change the name to that. Nicole, Nicole and the girls. <laughs> um, another one, Megan Fox, but only Megan Fox in Jennifer's body. Yes. I, side note, I am here for the, um, the rehabilitation of Jennifer's body as a film. Yes. It's, it's become a full cut, cut classic. <laughs> cunt classic. <laughs> cult classic. Wow. Any others? Like, what else you got? Um, oh, you don't have to come. That was a great list. That, that was the end of my list that I have. That was a deep, sexy list. That was a really good list. I'm yeah. fully supportive of that. But yeah, biggest ones, definitely Marishka. Okay. Definitely Missy <clears throat> from Bring It On. Those two are like big, big, big gay roots for me. Yep. I think also I wanted to be them. And I'm still fighting that um, dilemma that a lot of lesbians have is like, do I want to be her or do I want to fuck her? Or do <laughs> right. I want to do both? Right. Wow. A slow clap for that list. It's just. Thank you. Thank you. Excellent. This is why I'm gay. And the final gay root. Oh, yes. <laughs> Actually, to segue. <laughs> um, another huge gay root, which I, in retrospect, don't know why I ever saw this movie as a child. Yeah. All of us. I feel like yeah. that's the No, no, no. Concern. I didn't see it, remember? I've never seen it before we watched it together. Well, me and Angel. I yeah. saw this movie so much as a kid. Today we're talking about Coyote Ugly. Ow! This movie, I, I should not have seen... As a child, I think, okay, I think my mom did know I was gay when I was a kid, though, because certain music videos she would not let me watch that were of women being promiscuous. And maybe right. that was just like that same ideal of like 
women shouldn't be sexy. I mean, it was probably both. She um, probably just was like, maybe we shouldn't encourage this and let her figure it out at a later time and not now. I don't know. What's the Lady Marmalade? Oh, my gosh. That music video, I was not allowed to watch it. Christina Aguilera. Yeah, Pink. Um, Lil' Kim. Lil' Kim. Maya. Maya. Is Missy Elliott in it? No, it's... No. No, Missy isn't it, isn't she? Isn't she like the... The master of ceremonies? Yeah. No, it's Lil' Kim. Oh. Anyways. Anyways. Wasn't allowed to see that music video. But Coyote Ugly. Huge gay root for me. I mean, it's a movie about women dancing on a bar owned by a straight woman who gives off very dykey vibes in New York City. You gotta, like make it you got to break it to make it you really got to become a coyote so the story starts with this small town girl in new jersey she wants to be a star her mother was a singer and she gave up her dream and we don't know why but her daughter needs to live on and do it because her mom couldn't do it right so she goes off she's trying to give her cd cassette tape she's just trying to make it she doesn't know what to do and then one one fateful night, she ends up at the Coyote Ugly Bar, and everything changes. There's so much amazing imagery in this movie. I mean, there's there's leather, there's dancing, there's wet, sloppy kisses and men being thrown around the bar. I mean, it's visceral to watch, and, and some of the scenes are insane. I mean, like you said, why were you allowed to watch this as a kid? I don't know. I want to know what... What about this movie makes your pussy throb? <laughs> <laughs> what makes your pussy throb? I, Shit, I make your pussy throb right I, there. I, I was just about to say my pussy's throbbing. <laughs> I want to know the the scenes that stick out the most for you. Okay, scenes that stick out the most to me are definitely the initial entrance of Violet into the club of the first night that she's having an interview and she sees what she's getting herself into. There's the other two or three women who are working, dancing on the bar. And what's the song? Um, that song. Yeah, I can't remember the name um, of it. Yeah. Or some sugar on me. No. That well, yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Violet and main character Violet enters the club. Pour some sugar on me is playing. There's tall, hot, skinny women on the bar dancing, pouring water on themselves. The place is roaring, and they are so confident in what they're doing, and they are demanding the people who are ordering drinks from them what the hell is going to go on in there. And those leather pants on Rachel. I mean, they have they have a shot of just like her pushing her pussy into the camera lens. And then setting the bar on fire in that scene. That, oh my, my goodness, God. that's right. Yeah, it's good. There's a lot of statements made in that first scene of what those women are doing. Yes. They're so, saying, I'm not your little girl. I am that fucking bitch. Okay, give me money or give me death. I want to talk specifically about Rachel because I know when we watch this movie together. For the, like, for the record, we all watch this movie together. And Angel and I had the exact same reaction to Rachel, and it was usually a gasp. That was Rachel, a New York bitch. Yeah. Like a, <gasps> I want her to step on my throat. Yeah, yeah. 100%. I would let her tell me to do anything. I would do anything that she told me to do. So describe, describe her 
Okay. And then describe what what she gives you. Okay. (laughs) So Rachel is unapologetically aggressive. She's very sure of herself and definitely has an anger issue. And it's been, (laughs) it was stated multiple times throughout the film. The New York bitch. She is the one who made the cut and no one is going to test her. Yeah. She gives me full confidence. She gives me intimidation. She gives me dikiness. Yeah, Definitely. It's there. She, dominatrix almost. Yeah, dominatrix, like just very hyper, I don't want to say masculine or feminine, but she's got just such a... It's uh, just power. It's almost an arrogance, but it's yeah. it's so grounded in a way where she's very sure of what the hell she wants. Yeah. And that that is so attractive to me. Yeah. Like the unapologetic straightforwardness. She's very <laughs> frank. Yeah, she's just, she's hot. Yeah, I. She's also like actually hot visually, and do you even see her with a guy? I think you see her with a guy once at the end of the movie. Doesn't she punch him in the face though? Oh, she does punch him in the <laughs> face because he said some shit to yeah. Violet. So yeah, exactly. She punched the only guy that she was around in the face. Yeah, and like the, I guess you see her like transformation, especially in relation to the main character Piper. Yeah, you see her. Um, initially super antagonistic. She's like, I'm protecting the people that I already know. Exactly. And I don't think you can cut it. And I am going to try and, you know, undercut you and make sure you fucking fail. And then you see her become protective over her as the movie continues. And, like, this is a movie of cameos. We're not getting into the shit. But, like, yeah. you just see it. You see no, it I was No, I was just looking up the cameos. Like, there's so many good cameos. There's literally... The woman from Always Sunny, who I'm obsessed I know, with. yeah, D. Like, that alone. And then Johnny Knoxville's in it randomly, which is so weird. Yeah. And also, who was the other one that I was really excited about? I couldn't find her in the list. She was one of the les- She was part of that lesbian couple, but they weren't a lesbian couple. Oh, she was like, um, she's from Marvelous Miss Maisel. Yes. She also was in Lizzie McGuire. She was the teacher. She's the voice of Lois and Family Guy. Jennifer yeah. Milano, I believe. No, it's not. No. Okay. No, it's not. <laughs> I just called a name out in the list. But um, there's, of course, those obvious, like, sexual scenes. But there's also some weird fucking scenes that I just think, like, some of the dialogue just makes me laugh. You know, when they're just, they're trying to really play up that relationship with Violet and the yeah. Australian guy, which I just never really appreciated. Oh, Alex Borstein. Yeah. Uh, super obsessed with her. She's my favorite character in Marvel. And she was just, like, randomly in the crowd. Like, I love when I see a movie where actors that aren't quite there yet, you know, and they made it later in life, like seeing them again, going back. It's always so fun. But (laughs) there's one line that I literally wrote down that I need you guys to hear me say. I am not catching that in that fishy bin. Why did they write that in the movie? (laughs) Like, I just don't understand. It's at base, not a good line. Is there some queer underpinning in it? (laughs) I mean, she was like helping his, you remember she was like at the fish market and he was like, this is what I do. I have six jobs and I go to each of my jobs. And she's like, I'm not putting that in that fishy bin. I'm like, how do you act something like that and not just burst into tears laughing? Like, I'm confused. Yeah. I don't know, man. (laughs) And then the other part that I really love is when the scene where they pull, pull out their bras and they're like, I want to see your bras! <laughs> With a megaphone. Yes. God, I love this movie. <laughs> there is a part where one of the other women who works 
at the bar. She, I forget her name now, the blonde one. L- Lily? No, Lil is Lil. the bar owner. No, yeah, you're right. Lil is the bar owner. Are you talking about oh the pink goodness. outfit Cammy. one? Cammy. I'm Cammy. The Russian tea. <laughs> Cammy is Cammy. like the cute little femme girl of the trio. And she is also like the the fashion consultant as what Lil referred to her as. But there's a point where I think Violet like questions if she's a lesbian. She's like, oh, are you coming on to me? And she goes, oh, Violet, I'm not a lesbian. I played in the majors, but never went pro. <gasps> played in the minors. Was uh, it in the minors? No, she said the majors. Damn. I mean, she went for it, but yeah. she never went pro. Wow. She's had her experience, but it's not her life. Honestly, I know because I also when I originally when we watched it and I was trying to remember things that were yeah. noteworthy, I was like, "Oh, she must have said minors." And I looked it up, and it was actually she said majors, there's which is even more. Yeah, there's more power in that. The title of the movie comes from a quote from Oh yes, the, the bar owner Lil. She comes off as like very. How would you describe her? Like very brash, abrasive, yeah, very abrasive. Like Intense. very much intimidating coach that like if you don't submit to her, you. yeah, I'm gonna push push you. I'm gonna <laughs> push you. <laughs> uh, if you don't, if you do not meet her standards, you are not going to be a part of her frivolous lifestyle. Yeah. Hey everybody, do we serve water in this bar? A part of her fun scene that she has created right. in this bar. There's a point where... Well, you were telling us about why it's Coyote Ugly, right? Yeah. Okay. So she... Violet asks her after like a long night of them making a shit ton of money. It's like four in the morning. They're counting all their cash. And Violet's like, so Lil, like... No, it was those two drunk girls, remember? They're like, why is it Coyote Ugly? I thought they, they asked like after a long night. Either way. They did. Remember they were like the last two in the bar? Sorry, am I wrong? It, it doesn't, doesn't matter. It literally does not matter. Just pretend I didn't even say that. Somebody asked Lil where the name Coyote Ugly came from, and she said, Did you ever wake up sober after a one-night stand and the person you're next to is laying on your arm and they're so ugly you'd rather chew off your arm than waking them up? That's Coyote Ugly. <laughs> Why I love you name that. a bar after that? Right, like... <laughs> Oh. That's incredible. Oh, my God. So, like, while Rachel is, like, number one sexy icon for a lot of us in this, Lil brings a lot to the table, too. Lil brings probably more to the table than Rachel does for me. What's, like, the what's the biggest aspect for you about Lil? Oh, man. Biggest aspect of Lil. Her, like, independence and isolation, almost. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> No one is allowed in, and she's so cold from the outside. You really want to know. Yeah, it's her fucking (laughs) It's her baby. Yeah. Um, Her dedication to that, like, she, it's totally her life. Jim, Jack, Johnny Red, Johnny Black, and Jose, all my favorite men. I love that answer because my answer is her arm tattoo. (laughs) I mean, that too. She's got the barbed wire tattoo. Yeah. Fucking hot. It's very, uh, it's very late 90s, early 2000s. This is a Y2K movie. It's 2000. It came out. So it makes perfect sense. Right in the Charlie's Angels realm. God, what a good year for movies. Good year for. We talked about that movie earlier in the pod. Just, just a lot of female power happening at the turn of the century. Yeah. Uh, Like, like Kill Bill. It was just all happening. I love it. 
I do love that Lil is like always in like a white tank top and yeah. jeans. Yeah. The only time you ever see her not in an outfit like that is when she visits Violet at like the fancy restaurant that she works at and she's wearing like a leather jacket, I think, and her hair is straightened. <laughs> leather. And that's also when she has her vulnerable moment where she says, um, I'm the girl from uh, North Dakota. Piedmont, North Dakota. Dakota. Piedmont, North Dakota. Yeah, she's like, that's where I'm from. Like, ugh, the humanity. She's not a big city girl either. She's just another small town girl. Ugh. Ugh, we love a good story. But listen, all I want to know is why does every movie about a girl going to the big city include her getting completely robbed blind in her shitty apartment? <laughs> it's like she went through struggle. It's exactly the same thing that happened in Burlesque. Yeah, it's it's a it's a different. I guess it's it's a, a, a per, I, I get perhaps it's like a, a trope you could yeah. say or an allegory for something. Mm. But I just love it because she's like, I can't make it. What's gonna happen? Oh, all my money's gone. My apartment. I gotta get it together. I love it. The last time we watched this, something that I never never thought about in the entirety of like I, the countless amount of times I've seen Coyote Ugly. She lives in fucking New Jersey. It's like a 45-minute drive tops. I know. They act like she moved across the fucking country. South Amboy, New Jersey. How far is that from Manhattan? I got to know right now. And the guilt of John Goodman's character being like, you'll never see me again. Like, how dare you? You're leaving me. Yeah, Violet. Violet, she is the daughter of a a woman who wanted to pursue a singing career. And... Did not follow through, and Violet grew up thinking that it was because her mother had stage fright. Um, Her mother died later on, and so it was just her and her father in the house, and it was a very codependent relationship. Yes. 49 minutes, 33 miles via I-95. 49 minutes. 49 minutes. It's not that people drive an hour to work every day. Yeah, and her dad was like shitting his pants over her. She was like, I think that's why she had to just move there because if she just drove and still lived with her dad, that obligation to the like codependent relationship would have kept her from actually going for it. Totally. Yeah. But it's, it honestly, it made me a little sad when I watched it because it really is such a realistic depiction of like, a father that doesn't quite like it, it's a very real scenario that can play out in a lot of people's lives. So I kind of appreciated that. And yeah, she couldn't have stayed there. She had to do the big city thing. I mean, that was like the whole point. She has to be immersed in the whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. She yeah. she couldn't be a coyote living with her dad. Yeah. Like she couldn't go home at 4 a.m., you know what I mean? But I don't know. I just, I love, and the music that she makes is a little silly. It's Leanne <sighs> Rhymes, by the way. Right. Yeah. She, who made a cameo in the movie like she ended up writing the song quote unquote for Leanne which I love I just think it's so funny that is Leanne a lesbian canonically like in real life yes no she's not she's, damn it she's married she has two stepchildren well that doesn't really mean anything if it, you ask me wasn't there but... a scandal involved yeah there is, there is a scandal involved wait what uh, yeah I've Kim I've told you she's married to um, oh yes she's married to Eddie Cibrian and she initially had an affair with Eddie while he was still married to Brandy Glanville and an original um, housewife wow iconic uh, she they're like quite amicable now like they whenever they have like family gatherings they all take pictures together and it's like kind of nice it's it's nice that like they could probably put it aside to be like a a a blended family yeah no i love it i wouldn't i'm sorry i wouldn't if that happened to me kill him yeah (laughs) dead on site okay so to wrap up the discussion about the movie are there any 
big questions that you still want to ask? I want to know what you bring, what you bring in like, you know, everyday life or some type of influence. I want to know what, what influence this movie has on you and where like you see it. Where do you bring your coyote out in yeah. life? Oh Where's my goodness. Um, well, you were giving us coyote a couple days ago with your outfit you were wearing, first of all, yeah, which I was I living did, for. Uh, for my friend's birthday party, I did the blue jeans, black tank top, gold chain moment. Um, oh, fuck. <laughs> And boots. I wear boots Alrighty. every day. Black boots. It was so hot, you guys. I think if I were to resonate with a character most in the movie, I would say that it would be Lil. All right. Um, yeah. I think I, yeah, I, I resonate with that character a lot. I relate to how she carries herself in a professional sense. And I think I actually behave like that sometimes at work. Right. Working in a kitchen, I can get that way where I'm just very much, I know what the fuck I'm doing. Don't even try to test me. <gasps> oh, my God. I want to know who you relate with most from Coyote Ugly Me? <sighs> I don't know. I kind of relate to Gloria because, like, she's a diehard fucking friend and she would do anything for April Aww. or Violet. Why do I... you say Violet? Gloria would do, Gloria is her ride or fucking die, okay? I oh. love her so much. I was going to say her too. Really? I. Oh, for you or for me? For, for both of us. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I love Melanie Linsky. I, we haven't yes. even talked about this character. Oh, I love it's her, her bestie. She's like just this New Jersey gal who's like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to marry this guy for my first marriage. It's going to be great. I'm my gonna, first, I know she says yeah, that. She, I love that. I'm going to drink Pepto-Bismol straight from the bottle as I'm getting ready to drive you to your shitty New York apartment. Uh, I'm going to give you a fat roll of cash that yeah. I knew you would need. With the with mattress on top. That <sighs> eventually gets stolen. Oh, my God. But, yeah, I, th I think Gloria and I also think if I related to someone the most, I mean, I think that, I don't know, Tyra Banks' character is very uh, boisterous. Another, another big cameo we didn't even mention. Yeah, Tyra Banks is Tyra randomly Banks. in there. But she goes out to law school, who, and that's how Violet takes her spot. But I feel like I'm that girl. I feel like she was kind of like the big, loud personality in the group. And I feel like I would have filled that role if I was a coyote. I would be her. You have a little bit of the aggro side of Rachel, too. Yes. Oh, God. In a place where you feel like people don't like you, you behave like that. Yes. I'm a Rachel Rising. Is what Kim <laughs> I am. I'm a, I'm a Gloria Moon. I'm a... What's Tara's character's name? I don't really She's just remember. Tyra Banks. She doesn't have a name. Uh, I'm Tyra no, Banks' son. I don't know what it is. Is it like Zoe, Chloe? Zoe. I think it's I think Zoe. it's Zoe. Anyways, I'm a Zoe's son. Hold on. I'm going to pull it up because I want to know. Um, I remember that. That was good. Yeah, it is Zoe. Wow, you're so good. I'm a Zoe Sun, Gloria Moon, Rachel Rising. Yeah, I think I'm a, what is it? Gloria Sun, <laughs> Cami Moon, <laughs> and uh, the guy who works at the diner, Rising. Oh, my God. <laughs> They're coyotes. Yes. They're coyotes. The one like, who gives her the piece of pie after oh, she gets robbed. And she's like, how much for a piece? And she's got like her three Pulling out like four wooden nickels. Like, how much? And he's like. Just take, it's on the house. Just get out of here. I'm like, oh my God, I love it. What about you? What's your t big three coyote? Oh man, I think Edition. I'm a Lil Sun. Yup. Maybe a Violet Moon. Okay. I'm yeah. very unsure of myself like she is. Sure. My rising, I want to be a Rachel rising. <laughs> I really want to mm. be. I think you're a Lil Sun and rising. Okay. I'll take it. Yeah. A double Lil. A double lil. Double lil. Double lil. Any, <laughs> any way for there to be double lil in um, my life? I know you had questions for me, Kelly, but I have a question for the movie. 
Why did she randomly get a cat out of nowhere? Okay. Okay. We never talked about this. <laughs> a cat appears out of nowhere. It was like post her being robbed too. Like yeah, she, she lost all her shit and then she got a cat out of it. That's what, that's what happens when I, I hit my lowest <laughs> low. I say, time for more responsibility. <laughs> it's so true i'm like where did it where she where'd she go to the pet store like did it appear out of nowhere did she get the cat food like at a normal time is she keeping up with it is she cleaning the litter box like i don't think any of that's happening just been a stray that crawled in the window yeah fire escape it was there it showed up she said you know what they didn't need to add that though there was no they literally found the cat and then made no decision to talk about it there are a lot of plot holes that we we noticed as at the in the in the most recent view yeah yeah but see we realized at the end of the day it's not about the plot no it's just about, about them being hot on a bar leanne rhymes pouring water on themselves and screaming into men's faces loving you uh loving you yeah so when I w- when I first saw that movie, that scene specifically where she's like watching, uh, uh, yeah, she's the urban people. Oh my god, <laughs> she's watching him beatbox. And she's like, she's giving her, uh, she's giving her singer songwriter moment on the rooftop of her new Manhattan on top of a no, Manhattan okay. apartment complex. There's never going to be a time, no matter what the weather is, that candles will stay lit on the roof of a fucking New York building. What the hell? Yeah. How like they can't just act like we won't realize that blasphemy. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> she's like writing this song and she's like, oh, why can't I get it? It's not clicking. And then she sees this guy like hip hop dancing in his apartment and she starts really like, getting the flow. She's like, the there's the sound. <laughs> there's the beat I've been missing. Yep. And then she she bangs out that beat. I wish that the the soundtrack version of that song had the like hip hop drums. It's good in it because it's really good. Actually, it is. But the actual like the version on the soundtrack does not have it. I thought that scene was so fire when I saw it the first chills. time. Chills. Yeah. Okay. Do you know what it's <laughs> thought body. about? And your full body chills. My favorite part about the end of the movie is when they do the final concert and she can't play because everyone's looking at her. And then he turns off all the lights and she turns around and she's like. I see you in the dark. Thank you so much for turning up the lights. Oh, we forgot that, like, the biggest plot point of this is, like, she wants to be a singer-songwriter, but mostly just a songwriter. She has to sing her songs to get them out there. But she's got stage fright, mama. Yeah. But she has stage fright because she thought that her mom left the industry for having stage fright. She didn't. It was yeah. an entire identity crisis. Okay, that yeah. that actually pissed me off the most because we find out it's because she had her, and that makes me mad. I'm like, <laughs> you hate wasted potential. I'm like, you can't tell me that you stopped doing everything you love because you had a baby. I don't care how much fucking work it is. Get back into it. That's what you want to do. So you push out that baby, you keep going. I don't want to hear that that's the reason you stop because so many women don't stop, and I feel like... If that was her decision, sure, fine. But telling your kid, honestly, fuck the dad for telling her that. Because I feel like he instilled that in her without, so he could protect her so she wouldn't know that. I'm here to say that, like, I understand that this movie doesn't have a villain, but John Goodman's really close. Oh, yeah. Really close. There's some, uh, what is it, uh, some inherited trauma within oh, that yeah. family. It, obviously this movie only goes skin deep with their relationship other than like oh I'm a big sloppy mess and I can't take care of myself so my daughter's gotta do it except they're in New Jersey so the accent's way different <laughs> but um <laughs> yeah I I I sympathize with like their relationship and his character but like when you just objectively break down I'm like this guy kinda sucks yeah it, it was unfortunate to watch and like I said it's a very like 
realistic depiction of a dad that just hasn't been able to figure it out since his wife passed away, which is honestly, I think, what brought the whole movie together. And I think it just made it a little more realistic in spite of all the stupid dialogue. I was like, okay, this is like, this this is something that I can get behind. Yeah. I could completely go without Kevin, whatever the fuck his name was. Yeah, we didn't need that. That whole romance storyline was absolutely unnecessary. There always has to be a storyline about romance every single time. There's a woman trying to make it. She's got to be wanted by a man or else she's not a valid woman. If this movie was made... Okay, listen. If this movie was made today, what would you change? The men. I'd get rid of all the men. (laughs) I honestly... I, I like Phyla as a character. Like, she's fine. She can stay. And, like, I want her to be a part of the group. But I want the movie to be focused on the group as a whole. Because, like... Yeah. I want their backstories. I want their day-to-day. Exactly. You get pieces of them, and they're so impactful. Because you're like, holy shit, this is so cool. But then when you go back and watch it, you're like... Are they really in that much? Like, it's it's Violet's story, and that's cool, but, like, they are the pieces of the movie that I remember. It's called Coyote Ugly. Yeah, it's it, not like, called Violet's a Singer. Yeah, I realize that's so true. They, they always want to center it around the love story, when in reality, like, we don't want to fucking see that. I mean, gays were not the, the, the audience. The target audience, yeah. Okay, another question I have. <clears throat> Did the... Coyote Ugly Bar that is actually in existence all over the world. International locations exist first or the movie? It existed first. Okay. So they so made a movie out of the idea of the bar. The the bar was made by a woman named Lil. Lil is real. <gasps> Lil, <I'm, gasps> oh, don't tell me that. I'm going to find her. I'm oh so God. sorry to tell you that Lil is like not what she is in the movie at all. Okay. She's, no. like, she's way cry. less butch. Um, <laughs> Kim's really yeah, Kim's going to cry again. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's very it's a very different vibe it's like we serve whiskey in this bar we dance on the bar we're hot ladies and like that's fine it's much tamer I mean I've never been to a Coyote Ugly Bar there's one in Vegas and I want to go we gotta go that's so unfortunate though like don't get our hopes up with the movie well maybe it's a blast and I am misinformed but the pictures maybe. that I've seen I was like oh. yeah we did take the time to look at different locations there's one in New York I feel like the New York one would be fun yeah we gotta go is to there that. one in like Berlin cause I would go to that I one I think there oh, is honestly shit hold up like, I'm trying to go to a really fun city also if you're a, if you're a super fan of Coyote Ugly you'll notice that in the title of This Is Why I'm Gay I did create an S out of the C in the title of Coyote Ugly so if you caught that already you're incredible, gold star. And if you didn't, you're welcome. I am a master graphic designer. Come on, amateur graphic design. <laughs> Come on, Microsoft Paint. All right, we got internationals. We got Birmingham, Liverpool, and England. Okay. In Germany, we've got Cologne and Co- Koblenz. I don't know. <laughs> um, there's one in Russia, Singapore, Ukraine, Wales. They got one in Denver, Daytona Beach, Panama City, Tampa. Destin, New Orleans, Las Vegas. Oh my New God! We gotta go to Oklahoma New City, Memphis, Oklahoma. Nashville, San Antonio, and Austin. Oh wow, they really have a fucking plethora. I would go to New Orleans. What was the first one? I would maybe go to Austin because I think the Texas vibe would be really cute. It would fit. Yeah, I would definitely do New Orleans because they would definitely show their boobs because New Orleans—that's like what they do. You said, that "Hi, are you from New Orleans?" T- I mean, I mean, I mean, if I'm gonna do it, I want to see it. Full throttle. I want to see them go ape shit. Charlie's Angels full throttle. (laughs) (laughs) This is why I'm gay. 
All right, guys, I think it's time to wrap things up. Angel, thank you so much for coming. We had such a blast. I don't know about Kelly, but I had a blast. (laughs) This is great. It was so nice to have a third person in here. Spice it up a little bit. Bring us some of that uh, coyote ugly flair. (laughs) Angel, please never stop being you. I love you so much. And do you have anything to say to the listeners to wrap things up? (laughs) said, no. No. (laughs) Well, thank you for being gay. And thank you for telling us your story. And without further ado, this has been This Is Why I'm Gay with Kim and Kelly. Bye. Bye, Kelly. Bye, Kim. Love you. Love you too. Bye, Angel. Let's go get chilies. Yes. This is why I'm gay. Yeah.